recording and we're live streaming. I felt like I've been doing this all week. Um, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor along with Sean McCool. And Sean, today we got a random flight. We're going to be discussing um, persuasion and, and how the media really influences us. Um, yes. They got these these set of uh, these set of tricky words they like to use. Um, yeah, words, <laughs> tactics. They got, uh, and I know this is a surprise to everybody. So, but uh, if nothing else, for our listeners, this will just confirm your bias <laughs> about the media. Yeah, and give you some like talking points about. Uh, so perfect for like Thanksgiving dinner coming up. You know, if you want to talk <laughs> about this kind of stuff, if somebody right. at your table mm-hmm. thinks the media is still good, then. Uh, We've got some ammunition for you, so, so stay tuned for that because yeah. we'll uh, we'll let you we'll give you some info to really raise some questions about the media. I'm not sure anybody still trusts the media. Actually, I think I posted that on Facebook a while back. Um, yeah, it's yeah the, the little the graph. Media. I think it's yeah. at an all time low. Um, yeah, uh, you and know, gonna, among everyone. Not, I mean, yeah. whether you're left, right, it doesn't matter your political persuasion. No one trusts what's being said anymore so yeah and we're about to tell you why on this show yeah um and there's some of these things you know like anything you can you can use them to manipulate or you can use them to your advantage in a good way because the principles Mm -hmm. still apply right and you can still use them most of them there's some you wouldn't want to use at all right but a lot of these you could use for good Mm -hmm. and not for evil and manipulation and all that kind of stuff so yeah um, so yeah, that'll be good. And you're going to talk a little bit about your trade show week this week. You were at a big trade show, industry trade show mm-hmm. for your, yeah, uh, for your doing a whole lot of podcasts, doing exactly what we're doing right now for, uh, for quite a few days and just like <laughs> one after the other interviews, talking to people. Okay. So this is the last place Jonathan wants to be right now. If you're, <laughs> if you're listening. So if you Actually, this is the voice, funner side. I mean, this is the side where you can. This is the more relaxed yeah. uh, side of the podcast. So you weren't drinking beer on all your no. I was, all day long. I was not drinking beer. I was drinking beer afterward. Um, yeah, and I actually had some networking. companies had some companies that came up to interview that said, uh, you know, at three o'clock we got a beer. You know, we got a beer tent open. So I said, yeah, be sure to mention that quite a few times <laughs> to get people over there. Yeah, you know, and mention that booth number, right? Mention that booth yeah. number where the beer is. So yes, that's pretty cool. So you were live streaming. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, live streaming the whole time it was going out to our platforms. Um, we have, uh, so our composites, uh, show has, um, LinkedIn, uh, set up on, you know, cause I'm using Streamyard. This is exactly right. what we're using here to blast it out to our Twitter, uh, channel, our, uh, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, all of that stuff. So, uh, so it you've was, had that podcast for a while, yep, right? Yep. Um, did you have to pay for the booth or did they invite you? Or no, how does that- totally paid for by the association. They sponsor me every year for it. So um, well, there's a little, there's yeah. a little marketing lesson for you. Right Absolutely. In the first three and a half minutes. <laughs> Everybody else is paying. All these other companies are paying, paying for the uh, floor space, but not or, me. <laughs> yeah. On both sides too. Cause the attendees, Mm-hmm. Booths, you right. know, they're trying to get business, and then yeah. the sponsorship booths. There's right. usually a different section for that. Yeah, so you're getting in there for you're invited in and given a space, yeah. prime space too. I would imagine. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's not, it, it wouldn't be comparative to some of the larger, uh, boosts, yeah. but it's at an ideal spot where there was a lot of traffic, um, yep. coming through and they had this big, um, backdrop that had, they had, I mean, they did all the work. I mean, they paid for all of this. They had my logo, um, printed on a backdrop yeah. uh, along with the name of the show. It's called Camex. So they had the Camex logo, which is actually the name of the, um, yeah, so it was like uh, one of those show. post game interview banners yep, behind exactly. you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It looked right. So yeah, that's I, awesome. I commended that. I mean, they were like, I was like, wow, that's, that looks really good, especially on the video, the live stream video. Um, they had set it up where I was, um, they had a DSL line running cause so, cause I told them, I said, you know, it may be spotty if I'm doing, if I'm having to work off of Wi-Fi, especially with so many people there. And, um, yeah. so they set me up with a DSLR or DSL connection that I could hardwire straight into my laptop Oh, nice! Yeah. and it was just smooth. I mean, it was smooth video the whole time. So it was great. Great. Got a lot That's of shares awesome. on those videos too, on those streaming videos, had a lot of shares by companies and just, I mean, it was great. It was great for, for, uh, for my page on LinkedIn. Cause I got a lot of, uh, hits to my LinkedIn page and a lot of, uh, thumbs up and a lot of, uh, page followers on top of that. So yeah, be hitting the, uh, the follow-ups for appointments. Hard. Absolutely. Next, for sure. The next yep. month or two when everybody else is on vacation, you could just, that's right keep going stack right. those stack those appointments <laughs> up for january oh yeah yeah and even the people even a lot of the companies that i didn't get to that i wanted to interview there's only so much time you just like there's you know there's 526 exhibitors at this event um wow. so you know there's there's so many companies out there and, and a lot of them amazing for such a you know small niche. Oh, I know. I know. But it encompasses so much. You think about 3d printing, um, which is a growing, uh, industry. They kind of fit within that composites and advanced materials. So I I was able to interview some companies in that 3d, uh, printing arena that, um, are doing some really cool stuff. So, um, it was blast. I had a fun, I had a fun time, but you wear yourself out. I was telling you before the show, you just go, 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 go. And, it's hard to get a lot of rest during those events, you know, uh, Sean, yeah. cause you're out there even after the event, you're talking to people and you're networking afterward up until the wee hours. And then yeah, there's no pillows at the bar. <laughs> pillows <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> you're right there. And the pillows yeah. in the hotel room aren't that great either. So exactly. Yeah. So well, what are you, uh, <clears throat> what are you drinking to recover from <laughs> on this week? So I've got one that uh, I'm actually pretty excited. It's called an Oak Spire um, Bourbon Barrel Ale. And the bourbon that's being used, I suppose, is the Four Roses. You know, we've had the the Four Roses bourbon. Um, So the barrels, I guess, are Four Roses barrels. Four Roses barrels. Um, And this is is actually a limited, uh, a limited release by New Belgium. Um, says special release, um, four roses, uh, bourbon barrel ale, 9% ABV. So goodness, no recession in the Taylor household. <laughs> buying them, it's buying been, them pricey four packs. It's been a good, oh, this is a full six pack actually. Oh, wow. So, That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Well, over here I have got shell shock, shell shock, turtle. <laughs> Ninja turtle. turtle on it. All right. Ninja turtle on it. Um, and it says it is an imperial stout with pecans, fudge, caramel, 
and vanilla. Caramel. Caramel. 10% alcohol. Yeah, there's like two words there. Pecans, pecans, <laughs> caramel, caramel. <laughs> like you could say this like 14 different ways. Um, we had 10% alcohol from our friends at Martin House Brewing up in, I believe it's Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. Made in Texas by Texans. Um, Have so, you had one of those on one of their beers before? Yeah, we've had a bunch of Mark okay. House on there. House. They're always coming out with something. Um, yeah, next time you're in Fort Worth, you should go try to find them. Okay. But yeah, it when I poured this, like, it's really, really, I mean, it looks like an Imperial Stout. Like, it is super. Oh, wow. That looks amazing. Uh, it's super that dark. That looks amazing. So. Mine's got a radish. Oh, I definitely I smell the fudge. Oh, do you? Yeah. So, all right, well, let's cheer it. Cheers it up. Bourbon. Cheers. You know, we haven't rated the last two weeks. I know that. We had guests. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we had returning, so it's okay. These are both new, I think. This is good. Uh-oh. 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 Let me take another sip. Man, that reminds me of going to either Gatlinburg or Helen, Georgia, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or Helen, Georgia. Mm. What do you do every time you go to Gatlinburg or Helen? Um, what shop do you have to stop in? The fudge, the candy yeah. shop. You got to stop in the fudge shop, right? Yeah. I, or a funnel. Like, I get a funnel cake. Funnel cake. Will work too, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you got to get the fudge though. I mean, that's yeah. just... You know, that's just part of it. Oh, um, big time. So, oh man, I'll go ahead and rate mine. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. You might as well get your finger ready. I got ready. the finger ready. The finger this is, is on. Five, this button. is a 5.0. I am, I am shell shocked at how good this is. Wow. Because that's the name of the beer, shell shock. All right. Send me the, uh, and you picked that up at the. This was. H-E-B, but I think Martin House is, is uh, nationwide. I think they might be at. Yeah. Okay. Hold well, on. I'm grabbing that. Uh, if it's a five, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's good. I mean, it, it tastes like fudge. What is it? What's the, um, whew, <sighs> man, that looks amazing. Just the color makes me just yeah, want to reach it's over. It's a true like imperial stout color. Yeah. Um. What's the, um, what did you say the ABV was? 10. Oh, okay. That's, so, that's nice a good perfect, one. Man, nice this is my, 10. isn't this a, your favorite time of year as it, as it relates to beers? Because this is like the Crap beer, beers, yes. this is the beer season. Yeah. <laughs> still, it's still a fight, man. Like if I go to a brewery here in Austin, mm -hmm. man, all the breweries, like the, you know, the, the brew houses that, they all have, I mean, it's just so many IPAs here. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's like, come on, people, yeah. fall, put up a, put yeah. up a stout. Yeah. So time to, time to get some dark in here. <laughs> yeah. But, nope. They, they some, like their IPAs around here. Some darks hipsters. or some reds, some dark reds, some darks. Like the, the, I can get like a, a brown porter or something's about as, you know, a brown ale maybe. That's about as yeah. much as I can get. It's hard to find a stout at most places. Oh, man. I went to the place that I, I mean, they're always getting new stuff in. Um, 
the I started going to Green they Meadow. Come in there and buy them, huh? You're probably their best customer. Uh, every Friday, every Friday I come in and uh, looking for their new selection. The only thing I hate is they don't have a cooler. And my yes. biggest issue is like you pull them off the shelf. And um, last week, my mini fridge in my office went out. So this is going to this is going to affect the rating, which is completely <laughs> unfair for this uh, for New Belgium. I feel bad for them. It's probably great, even better cold. But because yeah. I'm drinking this at room temperature, it's getting a, uh, I'm going to give it a four, three. Yep. Four, okay. three. So it's not too, it's not too bad. No, it's not. Especially for room temperature, like no. 20 degrees cooler. It might get an extra two or three points. That's it not could. bad at all. Yeah. It, I think that would, it might bump it up to a four, four, six. Yeah. But it would not be a five. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is just, oh, it's like, it's like Halloween candy right here. You know, like <laughs> a Tootsie Roll or I don't know. I got to try good. that. Yeah, it's good. So send me the link or send me the, uh, the picture after the show, just so I don't yeah. forget. Um, All right, well, let's jump into what do you want to do first? You want to do media? Or you want to talk about the trade show? Uh, let's talk about the media and what they do. Okay. Cause there might be some tie in that I can relate to. Um, yeah. So we'll just kind of go back show. and forth. Yeah. If you, if you get something. Yeah. So I was, I was, uh, on the internet and saw this article. I was just looking for different persuasion topics, you mm-hmm. know, doing my in-depth research for the podcast. Like we always do. <laughs> takes, um, takes many days, many, many days, days of prep yeah. work, hours and hours of prep. <laughs> um, so the first article I came across was this one and I was like, yeah. that's good. We'll go with that. But yeah, the title was Persuasion Tactics the Media Uses to Sway You. Mm. And I was like, well, that's just that's right up our alley. We're going to have to probably change the title. Mm-hmm. Um, no, thanks for, well, I, we just stole it from him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, instead of sway, I, I did influence. change it to influence. So I did, I did tweak it a little. That's 10% different, right? <laughs> that's, that's the rule. Uh, this, this site is... Um, so just to give credit where credit's due, this is from All Sides is mm-hmm. the name of the site, allsides.com. Mm. And sounds kind of in between ish. Sounds like they Yeah. So they actually <laughs> every article they put at the bottom, it's kind of interesting. It's they put at the bottom of the article who wrote it and which what their bias is. Are they center, left, or right? Okay. And then they also say this like this one says this piece was edited and expanded upon. Um, by so-and-so, the director of marketing. She has a lean right bias. Ah. The author has a center bias. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, and if you go to their homepage, it's, let me just, I forgot to share it earlier. Um, Let me share my screen. Let me do a window. So what's cool is if you go to their, um, their blog or their, their own pages, like their articles, when they write them, mm-hmm. it kind of tells you, you can see this little chart down here, mm-hmm. left, left, center, right, right. Oh, look at that. It tells you kind of which way it leans. Okay. And everything has like every article. So they're talking about job growth <laughs> load. They've got an article from the center, an article from the right, an article from the left. Wow. So that's can, pretty cool. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a kind of cool, cool site. Um, you know, because I actually enjoy sometimes reading the opposite view. 
Yeah, Especially, I do you know, too. As a copywriter, and like, absolutely, and I kind of know the arguments mm-hmm. that people might be making and that right. kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty, pretty interesting. So, mm. so this one is written by someone who is center, um, and then the editor was a little bit right. So, okay, we'll be going through a different couple of different things. Um, but had you did you get much of a chance to glance at it? I did. So, what was your what was your favorite or your biggest? Like, oh yeah. Uh, well, I told you I glanced at it. I didn't read it. <laughs> All right. You said, did you have a chance to glance? At it? That's, that's true. That's what I asked. Um, we'll break it. They put it into three sections. Right. They put, um, persuasion first, they kind of defined persuasion and they said it really consists of two things, the source and the message. Yeah. All right. So who is the source? And then what is the message that they're trying to do? And that's those two things, source plus message equals persuasion. Right. Or lack of persuasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, not every source and message is persuasive. So, um, and then they get into characteristics journalists consider when choosing a source. So we'll start there uh, yeah. in that section. I did see and, the four the four keys, which is they look at expertise, reliability, familiarity, and attractiveness. Now, right. attra- I find it interesting on the attractiveness because if you look at all of these media outlets, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just pretty obvious, isn't that blatantly obvious? Whenever you look at the news, especially like, the hosts, yeah, <laughs> right. All the hosts they never have anyone that's like even remotely that's you know unattractive you know they may yeah. be you know borderline your type you can see that it's they're probably they're an attractive person sure it's not sure type, especially the women sure you yeah know? i don't oh, know yeah. if all the men are attractive some of them definitely are some of them are i think yeah. pretty average um if you look at fox news um and oh, yeah, i would probably even type. say see huh they definitely have a type. Yes, yes, they do. They're blonde. <laughs> I think yes. they're all blonde. I, I I really do think they're all blonde on Fox News. Yeah. I don't I think, think there's one brunette. Yeah, I think CNN has all the brunettes. Yeah, for whatever reason, like that's that's an interesting yeah dynamic. That is. Um, but yeah, so you know, expertise. This is more about. I think though, this section is yeah. really more about the people they're interviewing, the guests that they bring on. Right. But definitely attractiveness from a platform standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is, like we're and it says this in the in the article. It says, um, you know, attractiveness works. Like, yeah, <clears throat> you know, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but models and celebrities are used for a reason because it Absolutely. works. Yeah, you know, sure. which is interesting because you know more and more they're trying to you know get into just persuasion in general, not just the media. Mm-hmm. companies and things like that are trying to be more, you know, inclusive and things like this. And they'll have people that aren't as attractive in right. their ads. Yeah. And I know that when I look at that, I'm like, I mean, call me a judgmental old white man, but like, I'm like, really? That's, yep. you know, it's, it's not as inspiring, I guess. Um, you know, you don't aspire to look, like depending on the product, you know, mm-hmm. you don't aspire to be that person if you don't resonate or like even like the way they look, right? Correct. Yeah. And you're tying, whether you want to or not, you're tying that product to the visual, mm-hmm. just gut reaction of that person. Yeah. And I do think there is some just 
just primal gut reaction to attractiveness that we all have. Oh, absolutely. It's a likability factor. And, you know, yeah. we talk about persuasion and influence, you know, you, you people that you would want to associate with, um, yeah, or you want to be like, yeah, exactly. You know, um, you notice the, all the anchors, like they even have, I, I noticed they have like products now. If you go to the, um, if you go to your local pharmacy or I mean, not pharmacy, but like local, uh, store, like a, a, a target or Walgreens or something, you're picking up like a, um, shampoo or something like that. You're walking down the shampoo aisle. They have brands that cater to, <laughs> this is hilarious. It's called, it's like a brand called anchor hair. Sean, you wouldn't know anything about this, but no, I not. <laughs> it's like anchor hair, but they're like, Hey, if you want to have that long time, <laughs> if you want to have that anchor hair, you know, the, the anchor hair, like the Jesse waters hair, I guess, Ron uh, Burgundy hair, the Ron Burgundy hair. <laughs> if you want to have that, you need to use, you need to get this shampoo, but I find it interesting. They literally call it anchor, uh, anchor hair shampoo awesome. or you know I that's their time that. yeah i've not seen that yeah. um i've seen like you know lion's mane or horse's mane or things like that yeah. or as different brands you know mm-hmm. you, you think of those as regal creatures right, right. with the flowing manes <clears throat> and all that right. stuff so yeah yeah attractiveness is even though we're trying to be more inclusive and things like that and you know trying to not quote body shame people right attractiveness like people still judge a book by its cover absolutely they just do they do i don't think that's ever going away um yeah it's it's, absolutely it's just that's that's the human nature side of things and if you try to deny it then you're just living under a i mean that's just not reality i mean no matter what you try to you know you see the uh some of the companies out there like dove who are trying to uh, and so all of these other companies who are trying to, like you mentioned, you know, go against the grain in terms of, you know, using, uh, a certain type of body shape, like, yeah. which, you know, that's just, I think that's backfired well, a little bit on them. So it has actually, <clears throat> um, when you mentioned that, so Victoria's secrets, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they just put it, there was an article, Victoria's secret, um, See if I can find it real quick, but basically, no one's opening their catalogs they're, anymore. <laughs> they're bringing back. <laughs> they're bringing back the angels. Yeah, um, like some of the iconic, of course, you know, they Victoria's are. Secret angels, <laughs> because get this, sales have dipped since they <laughs> wow. started going with more inclusive models. <laughs> That's a shocker. I'm very yeah. shocked to learn that people um, are that, that shallow. <laughs> that shallow. <laughs> In that yes, movie, Shallow Hal, Shallow Hal. Yeah. But it's funny because, you know, my daughter, she's 22. Yeah. Um, she's even like, I don't want to see yeah. the, you know, everybody in lingerie. Right. Like right. there's some people I just don't want to see in lingerie. That's like, right. Like it's supposed to be a little yeah. idealistic. Nothing against them, but they just don't need to be showing off uh, yeah. lingerie. They do not need to be doing that. <laughs> And I know there's, you know, probably people that disagree with us, you know, yeah. just two old white men here. Um, no. just get a, we've, we've talked about being canceled. This may be the show. <laughs> this may be the show. Well, you're, you're citing um, a drop in sales for Victoria's Secrets. And yeah. I think it did. I think it kind of backfired with Dove, too, you know, and, and so many others that have tried this, um, this sensitive approach. Uh, but people don't I mean, 
there's a certain thing that people expect when they see it on the screen, you know, um, they don't want to see that on a Victoria magazine. Uh, well, I guess they don't have a magazine anymore. Usually, I mean, not, not the magazine, but the catalog, but they don't want to yeah, see so, that anymore. So here's the, here's one of the articles I found. Um, Victoria's secret pivot to inclusive body positive advertisements and initiatives failed to win over more customers <laughs> and sales <clears throat> are down 5% right. since um, since last year mm-hmm. and even lower than 2020. Um, so their brand, their revenue has gone from 7.5 billion in 2020 to 6.2 billion in 2023. You know, and you know, billion dollars is still a little bit of money um, despite yeah. inflation. Right. Let's see. Um, this is an interesting comment. Talk about putting a comment in press. I just got to put this on this. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe me if I don't put this on the screen. Uh, the drop in Victoria's Secret sales also followed the company's move to make its board of directors mostly female. Ooh. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. That's a, little, that's a little harsh. Oof. That is coming from a uh, Fox business. So <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> wow. So, yeah. So, a lot of their, you know, these are this is the body inclusive mm-hmm. look. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now they're bringing back, I read a different article. They're bringing back these girls here, which, you know, most people would rather look at and buy, you know, I don't know. Some of those are too skinny anyway. So yeah, but that's, that's what sells, <laughs> you know, the angel, the original angels is yeah. what they're bringing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, 5% drop in sales from being, you know, basically, um, body inclusive. Mm-hmm for one of the biggest lingerie brands. So that's big. Is it the brand fault or is it, that's where the consumer's at? I mean, it seems like that's where the consumer's at. You know, we, we keep seeing this over and over. If you, if you follow some of these, you know, quote woke agendas and you know, everybody seems to forget that this woke crowd or the, what the woke crowd is catering to Mm -hmm. is about, five to seven percent of the population right yeah you know exactly so whichever category of wokeness you want to go with if you if you pivot and you're Mm -hmm. a major national brand or even a small brand you're changing your entire marketing approach for seven percent of the market how do you think that's going to come yeah (laughs) going to fall out right yeah Yeah, that's now you're you're probably polarizing 93 percent of your market oh yeah for sure or at least 50 or 60%, right? Yeah. So, um, and we've seen this time and time again, you know, we're, we're still waiting to see how, uh, and most people but, don't. Yeah. I mean, most people don't even fit the category or the, like you said, the attractive factor. I mean, the attractive look mm-hmm. of what these companies put out there. But I think the key is, you know, when you're trying to diminish, uh, your brand by putting a less attractive, I think that works against you because people are always wanting, I think people, regardless of where their situation is, they aspire to be like, right. right? You know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's something they could aspire to be, you know, and they, they want to see, it's why we, you know, it's kind of why we go to the, I mean, we don't go to movies to see the A-list character be 
um, just some, you know, regular Joe Schmo. I mean, there's yeah. this guy's kind of like, unless it's a comedy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I, imagine I, if all the Marvel <laughs> movies were like, you know, yeah, exactly. Joe Dirt, right. I, I mean, I, Joe I Dirt is, is not going to qualify for a Marvel movie. I caught right? myself watching, uh, they had the, um, I think they had the Iron Man, uh, it was last night, you know, it was the night before when I was mm-hmm. out of town, they had a series, they were running back to back Iron Man's like one, two and three. Okay. And I was just like, you know what? Like that Robert Downey Jr. Man, that guy's just, he's a good looking guy, you know? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> well, he was, he was the pickup artist too back in the day. I know. I know. You know, you know he's, he's just, that, he's got the charisma. Charm, he's got the charisma. look, the charm, you know, I mean, but can you imagine them putting that Tony Stark character into, uh, you know, an average Joe? It's just not going to work. So, yeah. I mean, what's the guy that plays Joe Dirt? Yeah. What's his name? Like, put him in there. <laughs> like, like, yes. It's not uh, the same character. Is one Dana Carp. Was no one day. No, I can't remember his uh, name, but uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. And now we got to look it up. Uh, yeah. David Spade. David Spade. Yeah. David Spade's not too ugly. What's the guy? All right. Let me. What was the movie? This guy has been in all kinds of movies. I don't know. You know, he's a B actor. Yeah. Uh, Asteroid. Um, what was, is that the name of the Bruce Willis movie, Asteroid? Or was it? Uh, that was. Uh, I know which one you're talking about. That was like the, um, it was not asteroid. I know it was an asteroid, but it was, there was an asteroid that was approaching Earth. Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So let me find the cast. Uh, So the cast. Bruce Willis. I know that Ben, Ben Affleck was in there. Um, He's, you know, who's the, the ugly guy in there. Sorry, buddy, whoever you are. (laughs) Oh, the guy from um, Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, Boardwalk Empire, that guy. Yeah, Steve yeah, like he's, Steve he's pretty much, you know, I mean, no offense to the dude. He's made a, he, hey, he's made a great living with what he has. Oh, yeah. He, did, he killed it in Boardwalk Empire, you know, and then they, he, he was on The I mean, Sopranos, you know. But there's a reason he's not a leading guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, because he's got that look. He looks like an average guy. And that's right. Like, yeah, he's super attractive. He's not an A-lister. He's quirky. Yeah. You know? Right. He's great, you know, B character, but he's never going to be a leading guy for that reason. He's always been a supporting character, except for um, except for Boardwalk Empire. That's the only time he ever play, played yeah. the the main character. Yeah. So, so yeah. So let's go back to to uh, that was a nice little tangent there on attractiveness. But <laughs> yeah, what I we're think talking the other about? thing on attractiveness, <laughs> real quick, is yeah. that they will also do the reverse, right? Right. So if they're trying to to make somebody look bad or look, make a side or an argument look bad, Mm -hmm. they will go out and find the geeky professor or the geeky geologist or whoever they need to interview that person because they're less attractive and therefore less credible in the Mm -hmm. eyes of the general public. Sure. Um, so there, you can actually use attractiveness the opposite way. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if I want to show how, you know, it's, it's like when they always, you know, interview the people on the news after a tornado, they always pick the person living in the single wide trailer <laughs> to make it look worse than it actually was. That's right. <clears throat> we had a hailstorm come through Austin and I think a tornado too. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. Like you can tell it was not really a big tornado or that it hit in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Cause the only picture they could find 
was a barn that was obviously 150 years old and already <laughs> falling down. And they had like a picture of the, like a little bit of insulation that hit a 500 year old barbed wire fence. Yeah. And it was blowing in the breeze a little bit. I was like, that's, that's the best you can do. This was obviously not a big deal. And of course they had a guy on the scene. Who's you know, the weather to... guy? Jim, Jim Cantor is was Jim yeah. Cantori. That guy where they, the, the year I mean, it was like the years back when they had that hurricane come through and he's trying to like dramatize it. Like he's trying yeah. to, uh, you know, he's kind of leaning yeah. forward where he's trying to, uh, you know, keep from being blown away. Somebody walks by. <laughs> somebody walks by behind him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, oh my God, does everything have to be acted out? You know, it's just it's so crazy. Yeah. So expertise, you know, they're looking for people with knowledge, experience, education, reliability, yeah, um, familiarity. Like, you know, if you can get like if I'm, if I'm making a point, you know, I'd rather have Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. than some other, you know, professor, right? Because he's now very familiar and recognizable, depending yeah. on the argument I'm trying to make, or a former president or whoever, right? Those, those people are going to be much more, they're going to hit that um, source. They're going to be a better source because they're going to just carry more authority in general. So the other big thing, the other big thing that characteristic that the media uses for persuasive messaging, um, and this is where we get into kind of the manipulation part, right? Mm -hmm. Like the other part is just, you know, it's just kind of basic, good persuasion. You're kind of just appealing to people's just natural instincts, you know, expertise, reliability, familiarity, attractiveness, right? Where it gets a little darker and where you start to cross, I think, some lines is when you get into stuff like, um, you know, where you start suggesting things, right? So it's it's very suggestive. Right. Or you're appealing to fear or you're using loaded words Mm -hmm. or what this calls camouflaging, Mm -hmm. where you put a lot of filler around it to kind of talk about the thing, but also kind of confuse and distract at the same time. Sure. And then the big one is exhortation uh, and propaganda, um, you know, which we'll go into a little bit. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, we've talked before about fear and how much better fear, you know, sells. I think everybody's pretty aware of that. I wanted to talk about loaded words a little bit. Mm -hmm. I have noticed before, like it, this is a good exercise. If you want to go on the nightly news, <laughs> pick your mainstream media station, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, watch the first 60 seconds of the nightly news and listen to the words they use when they kind of do their intro for the show. And they talk about all the stuff that's about to come up. Yeah. Right. And the words they use are so like, sensational and big that they just automatically put you in this kind of heightened state of emotion and kind of really get you hooked. Oh yeah. So for instance, you know, I've got a list here from my copywriting stuff and I use these words too, but Mm -hmm. I I try not to overuse them. Right. But I do use them. (laughs) But what you'll use, what you'll hear is the news will use mostly the negative. They won't ever use them as a positive. Um, so let's say the stock market drops today, 
right? Mm-hmm. That would be pretty factual, right? Sure. Let's say the stock market dropped today. Yeah. All right. Nothing really comes up if I say the stock market dropped 23 points today, mm-hmm. right? Or that's let's just, say it was, let's say it was 4%. Just, yeah. Stock market drops 4% today. Like that doesn't trigger in me like an emotional reaction. It's no. fact. No, it's okay. very factual. Yeah. But if I say the stock market plummeted 24 or 4% today, <laughs> all of a sudden scary. 4% sounds Plummet. like a lot. Yes. <laughs> Crashed. Yeah. Cratered. Yeah. Nosedived. Right. Those are very different words emotionally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if you listen to the first 60 seconds of any of these broadcasts, that's, you'll hear things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, another word that's kind of a, you know, neutral word is like show, right? Yeah. We're going to show you what we learned about the X, you know, the Trump trial today. Right. Right. No, they'll use words like we're going to expose. Expose, yeah. Unveil. What we have. Something like, yeah. Uh, expose, reveal, unveil, pull back the curtain on, mm-hmm. get behind the scenes yeah. of, yep. you know, that kind of stuff where it feels more emotional. Yep. Um, you know, uh, some other words like, um, so disagree, right? That's just a you know pretty basic word. Mm-hmm. The emotional substitutes are howl, scorn, scowl. Oh, yeah. You see that in the media all the time. Like if you read articles, like if you read any kind of, um, you know, journalistic sports uh, or sports journalism or anything like that nowadays, like they try to hook you by saying, you know, if there's if if some particular athlete or coach says something in the media, you know, they always want to present the reply back from if they're, you know, targeting, if they're, if, if, if they're commenting on a certain player or a certain team, yep. they're all, the media is always going to try to get the reply back and they're not, yeah. it's not going to be a reply because a reply is just simply a reply back to whatever's being said, but no, they have to rip or they have to, yeah. you know, um, a scathing reply, you know, or slam, somebody slams that certain coach or a certain athlete for their, for their take or this media person for their take. I mean, it's just crazy. And then you, when you see the headline and then you go in and read it, you're like, um, those things don't match up. (laughs) That that was not (laughs) a rip. Yeah. It's basically, you know, clickbait. I mean, clickbait, clickbait, right. 10% kicking in. Yep. (laughs) It's basically clickbait, you know, and they use these words. So as a consumer, um, when you see these words, yes, it makes the writing better. It makes Mm -hmm. your your videos better. It will get you more clicks. But where you have to be careful is that it sets, like you just said, like it it sets up this expectation that it's going to be really big. Right. So the letdown is also bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people see it as clickbait when they read something that's not yeah, doesn't a, match huge, the headline. Yeah, it's a huge letdown. Yeah. And now people feel tricked. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you can do in advertising mm-hmm. is make someone feel tricked or right. fooled. Yep. Because now they don't trust you. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why the media's, you know, mm-hmm. ratings have gone, you know, just plummeted. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I see. I, I find it interesting whenever you see hyperbole in articles that are shared on social media. 
I always like to read the comments because the comments will usually tell you like, you know, you'll have comments like clickbait or this, like I didn't read anything related to this headline. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people read right through it, you know? And, yep. and, and so it's, it's no wonder that, you know, the, the trust is at an all time low for every type of media, whether it's not just politics, but also, you know, sports in general, because every, everybody is fighting. You think about it, all of these outlets are fighting for, for eyeballs, you know? And so they're, they're doing everything they can to win your attention and they'll go to whatever extreme it takes in order to, to pull you in and click on that link. Um, I think it's going to, you know, ultimately there you go right there. Trust is dropping like an anchor. Yes. So trust in media reaches new low in the U S um, in 2023. Um, so a great deal. So the people that have no trust at all is up to 39%. Um, none whatsoever. Yeah. None whatsoever. So, and that's, from in 97, it was probably, it's probably 10, 16, 17%, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So it's more than doubled uh, in the past 20 years or so. Yeah. Which I'm actually surprised it's it's still that low. Yeah. Um, but I think so many people now aren't even reading the news that, yeah. you know, most people are getting their news from TikTok or, mm-hmm. yep. or the late shows. Yep. The late show, I think, is the number one source of news for most people now, mm-hmm. like late shows yeah um or even or, uh, you know non-traditional podcasts people listen yeah. tune into podcasts nowadays i know i love listening and i'll i'll plug scott adams podcast because he's one of those that talks about the news but he cuts right through all the bs like he's like you know he's very good at identifying just like what we're talking about yep. um the hyperbole and being able to say this is bullshit you know, this is yeah. not, this is not even a thing. This is not, this is not real. Um, right. So I, I, I love listening to him because you can get, you can get a, a good dose of news, but also how to read that news from a perspective of, well, this is what they're trying to do to you. This, I mean, this is how they're trying to influence you to one opinion or the other. So, so let's talk real quick about camouflaging. Cause this was yeah. kind of a, I had not really heard a lot about this. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way they define camouflaging in this article is a complaint that a lot of people have with the media is that it diverts from the topic, beats around the bush and overcomplicates the simplest issues. Right. But only by doing that can the media control your awareness of the situation and your reaction to it. This is called camouflaging. Yeah. The real important information is hidden behind jargon, distracting details, and meaningless phrases. Yeah. In order to spot camouflaging, be sure to read a variety of sources in order to see if there's information you may have missed. Yep. So, so if you if you hear a lot of stuff that just, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of jargon. Like, there's a lot of seems like a lot of extra details, meaningless phrases. That's that's a tip that they're they're reporting air quotes. Yeah. But not telling the whole truth. Right. Um, so that's called camouflaging. And then there's exhortation, um, considered to be the oldest persuasion tactic. Exhortation involves a call to action through an appeal to values. So Mm -hmm. they know their target market and they're, 
basically manipulating your values. Um, so it's done by elaborating, elaborating on the virtue and moral high ground of the person trying to persuade mm-hmm. in contrast to their morally bereft opponents. Right. So yeah. they're, they're going to, they're going to start going after your morals and showing how the other side's morals are not as good. Right. Which is, again, it's, it's an emotional plea and tactic as opposed to giving you the facts and the, sure. and the figures, which was, you know, theoretically what the media was supposed to do at some point. I don't know if that's ever been true. Mm-hmm. I think we just used to think that was true. <laughs> right. Uh, I think by definition, journalism is supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that, I don't know that media has ever actually been that. And I think we're seeing that now. Yeah. More than ever. For sure. Um, so, and then propaganda, you know, exist in the media. Um, it's subtler is what this article says. And the difference here is it's much slower and, you know, they, they try to keep it hidden more. Yeah. So you really would have, you know, it's very kind of slow and, and, and I've heard, I mean, I remember Rush Limbaugh saying this years ago, um, when he would criticize the, you know, the right, the Republican side, mm-hmm. he was like, the, the Democrats are much more patient mm-hmm. with their long-term agenda yeah. than the Republicans were. And that's why they're winning is because right. they're, they're willing to take it. They have a 10, 20, 30 year plan to get yep. where they want to go. Yeah. So they're willing to wait it out and just gradually turn up the temperature or the, sure. yeah. the, the volume on, on what they believe. Uh, whereas the right tends to just kind of go in mm-hmm. guns blazing and yeah. reaction. You know, all this. They're, yeah. they're always reacting. It seems like right from the yeah. most part. Yeah. Um, but, but effective <laughs> propaganda is, is over a longer period of time and a little bit slower, a little bit, right. a little bit less obvious. Yep. So, yeah. No, that's so good. How, any of this tie into your experiences at the trade show or do you just want to switch gears? To <laughs> um, I, I can't, I can't say there's a lot of propaganda going in <laughs> a composites trade show. They're not using uh, any of this stuff, right? <laughs> Except the just, models at the booth. We're just talking, but there is, there, I mean, you know, they are using cliches and things like that when they're obviously, you know, you see that as, you know, somebody that's interviewing a lot of these companies, they're, they're, they're going to position themselves in the, in the best light possible. So, yeah. And there's nothing um, wrong with that. Of course right? not. Of course not. You know, so yeah, you, I mean, you, you want to put your best foot forward and all right. that kind of stuff. That's right. It's when you start doing it and you start stretching the truth or you start. Absolutely. Yeah. Over, you know, picking the right person mm-hmm. for the look and, you know, that kind of stuff. When you put supermodels at your booth to sell your cars. Yes. Now you're probably going, yeah. you know, a little beyond. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and you don't see, I mean, when, when you're dealing with on a minuscule level, like at an industry trade show, you don't see a lot of this being used, but there are some things like attractiveness, you know, you do notice some attractiveness at booths and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they try to present, um, I saw some interesting ways of persuasion at different trade show booths some of them were using like holograms which i thought was pretty cool oh, those wow. are i you know capturing the eyeballs so to speak yes. in something new um you know we had our guest i think it was jonathan pritchard joined us um yeah. about a month or so ago talking about 
you know, selling at trade shows and his stuff would be very, uh, applicable to companies, you know, in an event like this, but some of them were doing actually a really good job. Some of them were doing a horrible job where people were just, you know, sitting there like, uh, a, a bump on a log and, you know, looking at their phones. But I had, yeah. I had some experience with some really good, um, persuasion, you know, at these, at some of these booths. And, and then in terms of, you know, interviewing companies, um, you know, I think they're good about, uh, most of them in industries like this are not full of hyperbole, but they do yeah. cite, uh, I think what's to their benefit, they do cite a lot of case studies, which, um, you know, you can utilize, you know, that's, that's going back to social proof, you know? So what was the most persuasive thing you saw at the show? <clears throat> I'll tell you the most, ex <clears throat> the most persuasive experience that I had, um, was not with a company that I interviewed. I was walking down and this happened on the, uh, uh, the first day of the show, it was in the afternoon, walking down through um, some of the booths and, the, and a guy, you know, most people are standing directly at their booth. There was one particular company that the guy just like, hey, come on over here. He asked me a question and I cannot recall the question that he asked, but it got me it it got me to answer to respond. And then he yeah. got the conversation started. So he was very good. And I actually complimented him on his, uh, his approach. Uh, while most people were, you know, just kind of waiting for you to come up and pull some literature from their booth or ask a question or so. And I mean, it's just yeah. horrible. I mean, you could write an entire book, Sean, on, on helping companies sell from a trade show. Cause they're 80, 90% of them are awful. But yeah. there's one particular person, one particular uh, company that I walked by where the guy was just ask a question that forced me to answer him. That engaged the conversation. And then he pulled me into a demonstration that he did. And very convincing, very, very persuasive. And it had nothing, like this booth, these guys had nothing to do with composite and advanced materials. They were, they were selling a... Um, it was one of these, you ever seen these 10, the, what do they call them? The 10 machine or 10 where they do, they hook you up. It's like a wire thing and they do the deep uh, tissue massage on oh, yeah. your um, muscles. But this one was a wireless where you hook the thing in. It was a wireless. You put the wireless uh, pads in and then you had a wireless control where they did the, um, uh, you know, they hit the settings on that and they get different, um, <laughs> different types of massage therapy. Um, which I was wow. like, what are you guys doing here? This is a composite yeah, exactly. show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, Hey man, every industry needs this. Right. You know? So it was true. You know, he probably met, they probably made a ton of sales to people because they're, they're selling. I mean, they're smart. They're, they're at a trade show filled with people that are out there traveling and, you know, working always on the road and always on the air, you know, always in the air and they're probably yeah. need massage therapy and all of this stuff. So uh, to me, that was the most persuasive presentation. I said, I said, man, you know, and he sold me on it. You know, I actually bought some stuff from him and, and I told him, I said, you're, you're probably one of the best salespeople that I have run into at this show. And you're not even selling anything related to this industry. <laughs> yeah. So, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah. Cause I mean, I think a lot of companies could learn from that. You don't have to go 
<clears throat> exclusively to your industry. Right. Right. I mean, you're dealing with people and humans, right. like where do people and humans gather? Right. Yeah, so that's right. like you said, these are all travelers, travelers. Yeah. People, you know, these are people have aches and pains. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's yeah, awesome. We're sitting right in the middle of nowhere. And I said, I, I had, I compliment him. He didn't like to be called a sales. I said, you're a great salesperson. And he didn't like to be, he didn't like that term. <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, that's, that's actually a really good compliment, you know, because there's very few people that are exceptional at selling and you've done a fantastic job here uh, from your trade show. Um, I'd say yeah, so he, so he hooks you with a question. Yeah. Got you in there and then he did a demonstration, I guess. Then he right? did a demonstration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that sold it right there. He hooked up the, uh, he took these pads, put them on my back. Um, and then he gave me the, um, you know, it looked like a little iPhone device where you could, you know, select the settings yeah. different settings for deep tissue massage, you know, and you can go up, you can take it up, you know, different, uh, different amounts of, uh, electrical stimuli, you know, that you hmm. can apply to those areas. Yeah. Um, but it was amazing. I was like, man, this feels great. But the fact yeah. that he lured me in with a question, man, that's, that's, Can't that's what it, you don't remember the question. I cannot. Yeah. I don't remember the question, but it, it just got went me right through the conscious and into your subconscious it, apparently. Yeah. But it, the point is it got me to engage. Whereas most yeah. people are just sitting there. I mean, 95% yes. of these people, I told him, I said 95% of the people that are, are at these booths could learn a lesson from you. And this guy was probably, not even 30 years old. He was probably in, a, I think he was still in his twenties. Um, yeah. so he was just good at what he did. He was, a, he, he was a hustler. So I said, you're, you're great. People could learn. I mean, imagine, you know, somebody that has a really cool travel <laughs> suitcase, right. Yeah, and absolutely. there's some cool ones out there that, yeah, you know, they're made for the airlines. They're made for, you know, carry on. Yeah. And they have all the compartments that you need. Right. Why are those people not at these at mm -hmm. every single trade show they can get? Absolutely. In? You don't you know, have to be in a specific industry, but you could, you know, you're serving that industry. I don't know how many sales he made that day, but based on my experience, I know he had to make, be making a, a lot of sales, you know? Yeah. And so that's you cool. show up and, and that's just a, a great example of showing up at, you know, right time, right situation. Um, mm -hmm right opportunity and you got the right person in place and hey could you imagine if he i mean he could even step that up imagine if he'd gone to the bar afterwards right yeah. there's always a bar at the yeah the main hotel mm -hmm. <clears throat> and be like hey you want a free massage yeah you know and people are like whoa like oh <laughs> hands free right you know and slap little <laughs> things on you and right there you are at the bar and, man that would gather a oh crowd absolutely so quick. right old school, like street corner mm -hmm. selling type stuff. Absolutely. That'd be, that'd be cool. Um, All right. Anything else you, you took away from the trade show, positive or negative? Or? No, but I will say, um, I will say from my media standpoint, me being at the trade show as a media person always yes. garners authority. Yeah. Um, so the authority factor is huge in influence and persuasion because in our friend David, uh, David Dutton was there. He was kind of assisting me. I invited him to travel along and he was helping me set up things on day one. And he had never been at a, a show, you know, on this, on this scale, you know, so he yeah. was blown away by it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he said, man, you got the authority. 
you know, I said, yeah, yeah, that's true. Cause you know, cause I've been in, I've been doing this podcast for about six or seven years. And yeah. so there are companies coming by, you know, just, you know, grateful for the opportunity to interview, uh, on my show and, you know, kind of build some awareness, uh, get some props to their, you know, to whatever their, um, you know, whatever they're offering in their booth location. Cause we, I was live streaming. So I was like posting, you know, how we do the ticker, Sean, on this, I was posting their yeah. booth on the, uh, on, oh, the, on the live ticker that was streaming across, you know, I'd be like, Hey, what's your booth? I'm going to add it to the ticker. Boom. You know, so every time we'd go live on an interview, you know, this, Hey, find them at this, this booth. So, um, so it was cool. It was, it was a great experience, but yeah, it's, it's authority. Uh, what you're doing is authority. So, you know, you, you create a personality around an industry that you're the go-to, you're the resource, you're the media guy, whether it's podcasting, video, whatever, you know, you create that authority where people want to be around you. Cause most people in any industry aren't doing this, right? There's only, you know, a few publications or things like that, but most people don't think about creating their own footprint within a market. Um, and building an influence around that. And you can do it. Anybody can do it these days with technology. It's, um, uh, it's, it's a blast and you've seen it, you know, people, you you look at like, like some of the media types out today that have gone from working out of a, a basement, like the guy, Dave Portnoy from, uh, Barstool sports who created like Barstool sports in his basement. And now, you know, basically sold it uh, for billions of dollars and then, then bought it back for a fraction of what, (laughs) for what they bought it from him for. Um, and guys just done, he's just killed it. You know, I mean, um, you know, as we start to wrap up, we'll end up at football anyway. So, you know, Josh Pate, you know, that's right. Yeah. He can get access to any game he wants now because he's got a following on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk sports. And, And five years ago, no one knew who that guy was. Yeah. You know, he's just created out of nothing. Right. Yeah. And you can do so, that in any industry. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, you know, there's, even though depending on the industry you're in, it feels saturated for sure. Right. Uh, if you're in it, cause mm-hmm. that's probably who you follow on Instagram. It's who you follow on right. Facebook and everywhere else. Yeah. The fact is there's not many creators in any given no niche, no matter how big the niche is. Right. There's just not that many creators. Most people are consumers. Yep. Um, Absolutely. So can, 100%. You know, I mean, here we are the number two podcast, according to some website we've never heard of that, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and we're not even like actively doing a lot of, you know, the marketing right. and things That's like right. that. Um, Cause this is, you know, just and a the hobby fact, for us. Yeah. And the fact is most people who start, who make an attempt, um, I think whether the stats, Sean, or that most, uh, don't finish out past, you know, a few three episodes. Yeah. 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 Three episodes, maybe, you know, less than 10 or something like that where, yeah. you know, they started, they have these grand visions, but they don't, you know, they don't follow through. So it dries up, you know, consistency is key. I mean, you just keep, you know, just pushing along in anything and you're going to get recognition. So, so those, for those who uh, who might doubt uh, our number two rating, I just want to go ahead and throw this, this on the screen. This is what persistence uh, does, right? Yeah, so Feedspot. <laughs> 329. 
yeah, has us ranked as number two. Mm-hmm. I think we did share this when David was on, but yeah. um, yep. if we were a little more active on social, we'd be number one. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Because you look at so, the top persuasion pitch, they've got 1.2, 1.2 thousand or uh, 1,200 on Facebook. I don't know what that means. It's and like really, they're only Facebook just group. like, they're just anti-MLM. That's their whole thing. Right. Like they just, right. they just don't like multi-level marketing. Yeah. And they try to expose the dangers of multi-level marketing as well as other cults. Yeah. So, right. We should have them on. We should like do a, we, we should, should go on their show we and should. they should go on ours. Absolutely. We should. That way we we can, should ask them all kinds of questions about the dangers of MLM. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you think Amway's not legit? Is that what you're saying? I would. Hey, I was up in Grand Rapids like three weeks ago, man. That place, that Amway built that town. Um no kidding. Like I it's, mean, it's it's crazy. There's some people making money. I mean, you know, like like the guys in Amway say, right? No, the real pyramid scheme is your corporation you work for. <laughs> That's right. See, Absolutely. like literally, the org chart on most yeah. corporations is a pyramid. You yeah, know? it's like yep. It's funny. I I, I was talking to a like a young kind of startup MLM. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, the biggest problem is that your guys' pitches. When you draw it on the whiteboard at the hotel, it looks like a pyramid. I was like, all you have to do is start at the bottom yeah. and, and draw it like a tree instead of a pyramid. Right, yeah. And yeah. people couldn't say it's a pyramid scheme. They'd be That's like, right. oh, it's a growing tree that has branches. It's a family tree. I'm like, that's all you have to do. Oh, man. Makes me, so I may me, start my own, my own MLM. Makes me week, think of a... What was it, the episode of the office where Mike, uh, Michael Scott, he's like, he's in this MLM and he goes, no, it's not a pyramid. And he starts whiting. He starts drawing out the structure on a whiteboard and Jim walks up to the top and he's like outlines it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a triangle. That's what I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta flip it upside down and make it a family tree. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, wait, so, that's a great idea. We gotta, we, we will, I will reach out to these guys and have them on. Yeah. We just, so uh, be a fun you know, discussion. I just, I just bought and shared with you, uh, some cold outreach emails. So use one of those emails. Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, yep. we should get him on the show too. Yep. For uh, sure. But so yeah, you know, number two in persuasion podcast, <laughs> not bad. We try harder. That's right. We were going to do a whole show show on number two. We just haven't done that yet, but we'll get around to it. Yeah, uh, Avis. When, Story of Avis. For those of you who don't know it, you know, Avis was like number two to, who was it, Hertz? or I think so, yeah, Hertz. Hertz, Hertz was number one. Avis was number two. But they embraced that, you know. Yeah. So we're embracing and There's this. a lot of other good camp, you know, the Mac versus PC was Absolutely, kind of a one yeah. versus two. And then right. a, a Pepsi. You know, yep. always trying to battle Coke for number one. Yep. You know, Pepsi's always been number two. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of historical, mm-hmm. really good campaigns of number twos that we're trying to get to number one. Uh, so, yep. yeah, maybe we'll do a show at some point on those. Um, yeah, we should definitely get in touch with uh, the Persuasion Pitch. They Their logo looks a lot more serious uh, yeah, than ours. very conspiratorial. Yeah, it's got the, the all-seeing eye and the pyramid, and like they're really going out of their way to just undermine MLM. Yeah, so like it's like, oh, okay, we're not well, that serious. So, I, yeah, it, who knows what this will look like if we have them on? 
our unserious podcast versus their very serious. Yeah, they seem they seem a little angry. I don't know. If it, I don't know if they actually are. Or if they just need a beer, man. We'll get them I beer. To, yeah, I need to go listen to a couple episodes. But we'll we're gonna have. We'll, uh, I'm gonna reach out to them on Instagrams. Um, yes, because they're huge on Instagram. They, I mean, they've got 1.1 thousand followers, <laughs> big time. Because we're not even listed on Instagram. We're not even on Instagram. We should be on Instagram. We should be on TikTok because that's where all the action is these that's days. That's right. That's right. Speaking of that, real quick, we'll end with this. Um, talk about like persuasion and using kind of the hot medium. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you're on on TikTok at all. Uh, I look at TikToks, but I'm not. I don't okay. produce content. Um, man, there is this book. Like books have been blowing up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like there's this whole tag called Book Talk. Um, but there's this one, especially if you kind of in the personal development, you mm-hmm. know, any of that kind of space, the shadow work journal okay, has been blowing up on TikTok. They've sold through TikTok shop 466,000 copies of this book. Oh, wow. I mean, just absolutely like just a viral sensation. Um all organic content and some affiliate marketing type stuff, but it's, they've sold 466,000 copies of this book, which is just, you know, people say you can't make money. Like TikTok is really starting to monetize yeah. both for its creators, for its ad space. Mm-hmm. But now they have a TikTok shop where people can basically have affiliate links. Yeah. And like, there's people making, you know, real money like oh, paying yeah. the mortgage paying the yeah. car payments like all that kind of stuff oh, just absolutely. by promoting affiliate products on there yep so uh i bought a couple copies of the shadow work journal because i wanted to see what it's about and i'm okay. into that kind of stuff anyway yeah um so yeah and that was just a fascinating little like because they show you you know mm-hmm. as, as social proof like how many people have bought right um Oh, that's and I remember cool. the day I bought it, it was like 466,000 point, it was 466.1. Uh-huh. And then like two hours later, I went and looked and it was 466.2. I was like, dang, they're selling <laughs> like 500 of these things an hour. And that's crazy. That's correct. Yeah. You know, self-published. Yeah. It is on, on Amazon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's how they're doing the delivery or whatever. What's it, what's it, what's it called again? The shadow work journal shadow work journal okay yeah so it's you know deep inner work stuff and um and like you know once you show an interest in it like the algorithm's showing you like every oh, third of course. video is like somebody like oh my god it's the most amazing book and then as soon as i bought it <laughs> yeah. i don't see it anymore right because yeah. they know i bought it oh yeah so now they're sending right. me to other stuff that's right of course um smart so it, yeah it's it's amazing so if you wanted to blow up a book mm. Man, if you can get a couple people or three or four people to start, you know, talking about your book online, you give them an affiliate link in, in TikTok shop, like I'm going to, I'm going to research that a little bit more to right. see like how that works. And, um, yeah, I mean, you think about it, it, you know, I, and I saw the prices were different depending on, I don't know if TikTok shop like automatically tests pricing or what right. it does. Cause I, one time I would see it for 20 bucks and the time I'd see it for 10. Yeah. But let's say that the original author gets like two bucks. Oh yeah. Well, 466,000 copies. 
that's pretty good money. That's like a million bucks. Right. So interesting. Crazy, man. Ah, I had to check that out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that's it. Good stuff. uh, That's a wrap. Well, that was good stuff, man. Great article. Um, you can find us persuasion by the pint.com or you can find us on all of your pod, podcast platforms, Stitcher radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. Um, yeah, hopefully we can, we can snag these guys. Maybe have them on an upcoming podcast. Um, that'd be fun. A little banter there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you guys need to relax, man. Yeah. I it's mean, just the, MLM. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Looks, the description looks really intense. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to an episode now. It's like conspiracy level. Okay. This is. Hey, (laughs) that works, man. Polarization and dogmatism. Of course. It works. Yeah. It works. We should do more of it. Yep. That's right. (laughs) All right. right. We'll see you guys next week uh, on the show. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. 